Quality sleep is essential, and that's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. So you can choose what's right for you whenever you like. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature. Quiets their snores. Sleep Number does that. Sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on Sleep Number limited edition smart beds for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com slash awards. Only at Sleep Number stores or sleepnumber.com. Major League Baseball announcing that they are suspending the rest of spring training and that the league will postpone the start of the season. Opening day was set to kick off in just a couple weeks, and MLB saying that it will delay opening day by at least two weeks. So that puts it was around this time a year ago that professional baseball was stopped in its tracks. And when opening day did finally happen months later, spring training had been canceled, the season had been severely shortened, and some games were delayed because of team COVID outbreaks. But we've learned a lot since then, and this year, Major League Baseball is finally looking closer to normal. All 30 Major League teams are set to play their first game of the season today and complete a full 162-game season. Some will do it in front of fans, but everyone will be subjected to an enhanced set of COVID-related rules. There will be contact tracing of all players and staff, face masks, and compliance officers for every team. But the league's strategy to contain COVID goes beyond beefing up its health and safety protocols. It's also been helping scientists better understand how COVID-19 variants spread in the United States. On today's podcast, I'm going to talk to a sports medicine researcher to find out how America's pastime might be making the country safer for everyone, one test at a time. I'm Dr. Sanjay Gupta, CNN's chief medical correspondent, and this is Coronavirus, Fact versus fiction. Here's the beauty, Sanjay, is that we're going to use the same technology we use for the detection of SARS-CoV-2. And then we're going to have primers that are designed to amplify regions of the virus where we know the mutations are for the different variants. Literally the same day we receive the samples, we'll run that analysis and let them know. That's Daniel Eichner. He's the president of the Sports Medicine Research and Testing Laboratory in South Jordan, Utah. His lab used to test for doping and substance abuse for minor and major league players. Now it's a COVID-19 testing lab set up to catch variants using a shortcut, what he called alternative variant analysis. This new process might help us understand how prevalent some of the COVID variants of concern really are in the United States. So if you look at the traditional way or the gold standard, the way that people are looking for different variants, they sequence the genome. They do a whole sequence to see what kind of variant it may be. And that's the gold standard and will continue to be so. But it's expensive and it's, it takes a long time and there's, there's limited resources to get that done. And so what we want to do is we want to be able to provide MLB with a program where they could get real-time results on the known variants that are out there and so then they can do their contact tracing and so forth. So we want to be able to give them, you know, what we think of the new variants that are out there, let them know straight away so they can use it in their program. Would you mind, Dr. Agner, just sort of talking us through how the testing works again? So uh, PCR is polymerase chain reaction testing. People have heard that term. But can you explain what exactly happens? Someone gives a sample. 
what happens in that sample? How do they arrive at this sort of data? And what we're doing is we're amplifying something that's so small into a level that we can actually read it. And that's what the PCR does. It amplifies something very small into a readable level. And then we have a look at that with our known standards to see if it matches up. And that's the first run to see, is there coronavirus in this sample or not? After we see that, if it's established that it's in there, and importantly with our program with MLB, is that we run that sample two times before we report it out. Then we grab that sample and then we do the variant analysis on it, looking specifically at a region of the virus that we know there's a mutation that's consistent with a certain variant, for example, the UK variant, and then we can then match it up with our own controls to see if it's consistent with that UK variant. If we see something unusual that doesn't match the criteria that we normally see, we automatically get that sample sequenced as well. So I, I want to understand, um, when you talk about typically sequencing, someone will have the virus, then they will do a genomic sequence of that. They're basically laying out the genome and basically saying, does this match the variant from South Africa, from Brazil, from the UK? What you're saying is, instead of saying, what is this virus? You want to know, does the virus contain these specific mutations that match the variant? Yeah, exactly. So if you think about it, we'll detect the virus through the regular means by PCR. So we'll identify if there's virus in that sample, and then we'll grab those samples that are positive and run it through our variant analysis program. And that will specifically look for the certain region on the virus that we know the mutations are, they're indicative of the different variants that are known. And then we can say, this is indicative of the UK strain, for example. So it won't necessarily be a good tool for finding a brand new strain that no one knows about yet or isn't in the United States yet. But if we know that the UK variant, the Brazil variant, South Africa, we know about those, you could start to figure out how prevalent are they becoming within the people that you're testing. Yeah, this isn't used in isolation. This can complement sequencing quite nicely. So what we could do is we could have a look and see, is this consistent with the UK variant? or if it's consistent with something else. And if it doesn't meet any of the criteria that we've seen before, we put into that special basket that we need to sequence this one because this could be something new. And so we don't lose that technology. If you will, we, we basically pre-screen for that. So we can still identify new variants in this matter where we just have to send those samples off for regular sequencing. So I, when, you, when you hear about you know, PCR analysis, it's often referred to as the gold standard. How accurate is this alternative uh, sort of sequencing? Yeah, I mean, the, the sequencing will still be the gold standard. And, you know, if you have availability to do that quickly, then absolutely, that's the best way to do it. However, we've seen from practice in the millions of samples we've run that you can't always do that. And so we're looking for a viable option that is still accurate and sensitive. And we think this, this technology really is. So if, if you think about how we detect SARS-CoV-2, we're very, we're very happy with the specificity and sensitivity of PCR technology. We're just util, utilizing that same technology to identify the regions on the virus where there's known variant mutations, and that's what we're amplifying there. So we think it's very accurate. Yeah, I, and I just want to make sure people understand, in addition to doing the sort of gold standard testing, trying to figure out if someone in fact has this novel coronavirus, the benefit of layering on this additional testing, this additional sequencing, what is the benefit? Why did you decide to take that on? It's really beneficial for contract tracing programs. You, if you have a few people that are exposed to the virus, you want to be able to see straight away, did they potentially get exposed from the same place? 
and that's really important for maintaining um, or containing outbreaks, if you will. And that's relevant in the community as well as in sports. It's it's relevant across the board. And then again, knowing what is the rate of these new variants that are coming through. Are these ones from the UK coming through in all regions? Are the ones from South Africa or Brazil coming through? Are these new novel ones being picked up in places as well? And I think that's going to be really important, not just for understanding how the virus is spreading throughout the community, but I think in the long run, it'll also be key information for the pharmaceutical companies when they're developing their you know, version twos of the vaccines to make sure that they will indeed work against these new variants that may be coming through now. Yeah, I think it's really interesting that I think most people have heard that there's these variants, but I think very few people still sort of have an idea of how to, you know, whether they've been infected potentially by a variant or not. If this is faster and it's cheaper, should we be doing this on a national scale? Absolutely. I, I think there's nothing to lose by doing this. Labs that are testing for SARS-CoV-2 right now, they're all using PCR technology. So there's no reason why they couldn't incorporate this kind of technology. And they could even use it as a screen to pre-screen before they need to send out, you know, for the, the gold standard sequencing stuff. So I, I think that this information would be extremely valuable to health policymakers for sure. You know, we think about MLB study and people immediately think of uh, baseball players, but there's also the staff, there's the coaches, there's the families, there's the people who uh, are support services, all these different people. It's, it's an interesting microcosm in, in so many ways uh, of various places around the country. As you started to layer in this sort of testing, have you found something that's uh, either surprised you or did you see a lot of these variants pop up? Well, I wouldn't say it's, it surprised us. I mean, we definitely have seen variants pop up, and I think that's expected. I mean, if you have a look at the rate of, of variants coming to various populations in the United States, again, like you said, MLB is a microcosm of the U.S., and so we absolutely are seeing, you know, different variants, as you would expect in the regular community as well. Is, is this sort of, I mean, should we think of this as potentially a you know, canary in the coal mine or at least an advanced warning system? Well, one of the great things about the MLB program that we don't see in the community testing programs is that these individuals, they're athletes, they're support personnel, they're family members and so forth. So they are across the board. But these guys are getting tested regularly regardless of symptoms. So we're going to see data produced from these programs that you won't get in the community programs because in a community program, you get symptoms, you go, you get tested, and then you're done. You don't get another test. These guys are getting tested multiple times a week regardless of their symptoms. So we're going to see some very unusual things that would be seen in the community, but they just don't do that kind of testing program. So it's very valuable information that can help drive public health policy from this program. You know, it might seem silly, but I'm really excited about MLB's opening day. It kind of means that winter is ending and spring is officially underway. And it could also mean the sports world is getting better at keeping fans and staff and players safe during a pandemic. It's also heartening to know that Major League Baseball wants to help people understand how COVID-19 and its variants are affecting communities around the country. Daniel's efforts to study this kind of data and make this kind of testing easier, I think that's commendable as well. The more we learn about the variants, the better we can get the virus under control and avoid future outbreaks. If you have questions, please record them as a voice memo and email them to asksanjay at cnn.com. We might even include them on the next podcast. We'll be back tomorrow. Thanks for listening.
quality sleep is essential, and that's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. So you can choose what's right for you whenever you like. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature. Quiets their snores. Sleep Number does that. Sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on Sleep Number limited edition smart beds for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com awards. Only at Sleep Number stores or sleepnumber.com. 